The Public News Service Door Newscast, March the 10th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. First, New New Hampshire, where LGBTQ advocates rallied at the State House this week in protest of a slate of bills which they say aim to demonize members of their community. One bill would ban what advocates say is essential medical care for transgender minors, as well as ban the teaching of gender identity in schools. Another bill labels gender-affirming care as child abuse. Lynn Jacows of the group 603 Equality says the bills are part of a coordinated effort nationwide meant to criminalize transgender people. Just knowing that these attacks are happening, whether or not they come to pass, is harmful because no one's existence should be up for debate. Roughly 300 anti-LGBTQ plus bills have been introduced nationwide so far this year. Another bill introduced this session is dubbed a Parents Bill of Rights and would require schools to notify parents of any developments related to their child's gender identity or expression. For Public News Service, I'm Catherine Carley. Meantime, groups in the Keystone State are urging the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection to move forward quickly and implement some of the suggestions outlined in its report regarding conventional well operators plugging their abandoned wells. In its report regarding conventional well operators plugging their abandoned wells, the Pennsylvania DEP details the oversight of the oil and gas industry in their recent report. Unkit Jane, associate attorney with the Sierra Club, says his group petitioned the state to adopt full cost bonding for conventional and unconventional oil and gas wells. He notes in their attempt to raise the bonds above $2,500, House Bill 2644 was passed, which restricts the state ability to change bond amounts for conventional wells and sets restrictions on how the state must spend federal funding that has been provided to Pennsylvania to plug orphan wells. It prevents DEP from raising bond amounts for conventional wells for 10 years from its passage. I'll note that it doesn't say anything about fracking wells. We have also petitioned DEP to raise bond amounts for fracking wells, and they still have that authority, and they're still considering our petition to do it. Jane adds they are asking lawmakers to raise the bond amount to $38,000 per conventional well and $83,000 per fracked well. For Public News Service, I'm Danielle Smith. And now from the New York Times, Michael D. Cohen, the former fixer who for years did Donald Trump's dirty work, is expected to testify before a Manhattan grand jury next week. A sign that prosecutors are poised to indict the former president for his role in paying hush money to a porn star, according to people with knowledge of the matter. The Times notes prosecutors informed Trump's lawyers that if he wanted to testify before the grand jury, he could do so next week. This is Public News Service. Now from our Eric Tegadoff, a film premiering this week tackles the potential harms of the nuclear industry. Portland State University Professor Emeritus Jan Hawken directed the documentary Atomic Bamboozle, The False Promise of a Nuclear Renaissance. The film draws on historical lessons from the campaign to shut down the Trojan nuclear plant in Rainier, Oregon. The plant closed in 1992. Hawkins says the nuclear industry is promoting a new design concept known as Small Modular Reactors, or SMRs. Her initial interest in SMRs was about how the industry would handle waste. Many of us were very attuned to the fossil fuel problem, but not so much nuclear that had kind of repackaged itself as clean, cheap, and promising. Hawkins says her film also focuses on areas beyond waste, such as claims the new technology is safer even as the industry pushes to streamline the regulatory process, its financial viability, and risk of proliferation. 
The film premieres Sunday in Portland and also includes a speaker's panel. And as North Dakota's lawmakers move forward with their session, additional debate is expected on a controversial voting bill. At issue is whether someone who recently became a naturalized citizen, but whose identification has yet to reflect that status, should be required to provide additional documentation. Barbara Hedrick of the League of Women Voters in North Dakota worries this would disenfranchise new Americans from going back to the polls in future elections. This is a bill trying to correct a problem that doesn't exist. There aren't people trying to vote by pretending to be citizens. And the unintended consequences can be turning away people who have every right to vote. The Heritage Foundation has documented only three cases of election fraud in North Dakota over the past decade, and none involved a non-citizen trying to vote. I'm Mike Moen. And finally, from our M1J Vieira, a new report shows just how much unpaid care Virginia family caregivers provide to loved ones. As part of AARP's Valuing the Invaluable series, their latest report finds the 980,000 family caregivers in the state provided $14.3 billion in unpaid care. This is a $3.1 billion increase in unpaid contributions since 2019 when the report was last done. But there have been challenges for people taking on this kind of responsibility. Jim Dow with AARP Virginia says the COVID-19 pandemic put a particular strain on family caregivers. When nursing homes restricted the ability of family members to see their loved ones, in those facilities. Many caregivers brought their loved ones home to stay with them. And this is happening all at the same time. They're still trying to make sure that they can work. And in many cases, they're trying to make sure that they are taking care of their kids. This is Mike Clifford, and thank you for wrapping up your week with Public News Service, member and listener supported. Here are some interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.